Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today, it is my unique privilege and pleasure to introduce a much-recognized marketing professional, Srihari Palangala, to our show. Srihari, welcome to the show. Thank you, Shatosh. Thanks for having me. Srihari is uh, currently the Senior Director and Head of Marketing of Dell Technologies. He's also been a Senior Technology Leader with Microsoft and Adobe. He's been awarded many, many times. There were so many awards that I can't possibly list them out. But what I picked up was that in 2016 and 17, he was India's greatest Chief Marketing Officer. And he's an MBA from the Indian School of Business. So Srihari, tell me, what would you say are three key milestones in your life or career? Again, Ashutosh, thanks for having me over. It's a pleasure uh, speaking to you and the folks who are listening to this, right? And I really appreciate the opportunity to share in a very candid manner some of the observations from, um, from my own life as I sort of played it back, right, as I was thinking about this conversation. In my mind, uh, sort of three things, right, which stand out to me, if you will, which are inflection points. The first is sort of the area where was uh, probably a failure that I sort of experienced, right? Um, and a lot of uh, kids, as they were preparing from their 12th and getting into college and so on and so forth, um, you know, I had a similar journey and there was a lot of um, inkling to pursue a graduate, sorry, an undergraduate degree from the Indian Institute of Technology. And for whatever reason, I didn't quite make the bar at that point. Uh, I did go to an NIT, which uh, I feel immensely thankful for and the opportunity, but I didn't quite make the cut. And that was an inflection point. And the one thing that I picked up in that whole thought process was around, you know, nothing really happens unless you really own your destiny, right? I mean, we were pursuing the intent of getting an admission into one of the IITs, but then you really need to own it from your heart uh, and own it with both your heart and your mind if you really wanted to take it past the finish line. So that was a great lesson for me in the early part of my career. The second one is as I sort of pursued a few years later, graduate school in the US, et cetera. And then I was looking to get into my first job. And there was a period of time where I had to transition from you know, being the student to getting into the work environment. And that entailed a lot of things, particularly as you're looking to make your visa adjustments and so on and so forth. Um, and then the employer having to support you during the process. I think the whole um, element of learning around it is you know, while you're pursuing something from your heart and, you're, and you've got a lot of energy and passion into it, you need to couple it with the right amount of focus and patience, right? I mean, a lot of things which are um, fantastic in life just take time to get past the finish line and therefore the focus and patience during that journey is really important. And then the third thing was, um, you know, in, after a few years having worked in the U.S. was uh, a choice that we, that was myself and my wife, made to return back to India. And the thought process at that time was, how do you optimize your broader life beyond an individual, right? I mean, if you were to look at it unidimensionally, then you want to optimize your career to the best extent possible. But you need to expand your horizon between yourself, your spouse, your kids, your extended family, and so on and so forth. And also make a conscious choice of breaking away from the trodden path, right? And so that, when I've sort of moved away from a... Um, regular path which most people postgraduate school would choose to take after a few years of having worked in the U.S. has opened up a whole lot of opportunities and avenues both for myself and my wife which I'm very thankful of. 
So those are the three things that have sort of been inflection points for me as I look back in my life. And by the way, I should tell you, I'm sure there are more which are going to come up in the next few years. But as I look back, that's that's what absolutely. I'm not sure. I mean, you've got a long, long working career ahead, but there are three great milestones. So you know, when I, when when I was reading about you, uh, there are two areas that you're passionate about, passionate about. One is marketing, which is the area that you work in, and the second year is career. Second is career development, personal growth. Mm-hmm. An interest area for you. So we'll talk about both these areas. Sure. Let's talk marketing first. As marketing director of Dell and having worked with so many technology brands, my first question is: What goes into building a successful technology brand? You know, there's obviously multiple elements within it, uh, Ashutosh. But if I were to distill it right and try and sort of talk about a few key things which are important for a brand to resonate with any audience, right? In my mind, it's probably two or three things, right? One is the product, and it all starts at the end of the day with the product or the service that you're offering to your segment, right? And it truly needs to be world class in today's um, in today's day and age, right? Because it's sort of um, a global market of sorts, right? And therefore, the product or service that you're offering needs to be world class. Mm-hmm. The second thing, which is really important, is the ability for you to be able to drive the pull factor from the audience that you are or the segment that you are connecting with, right? Uh, because people have a lot of choices today. Pretty much for any product or service that is out there, there's a lot of competition, both direct and indirect. Right? And how do you get your audience to be able to bring that full factor to you uh, and your particular brand is, 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 is important. The full factor in my mind really comes in through multiple factors, if you, if you were to think of it. Timing is one of them, for sure. Right? There, are, there have been cases where the product or service has been a little bit early in the market, right? and sometimes it's too late. So I think when you couple a few of these things together and you get the sort of portion right, then you've got really a brand uh, which is sort of resonating and um, staying very close to the audience you're connecting with. And, uh, you know, coming now to computers, mm-hmm. we're in a very, very highly competitive area, you know, with so many big names. What does it take to be able to retain one's position at the top? This is an interesting one, particularly because it's technology today, right? And uh, in the past 20 years, all my experience has been in the technology um, domain. There are a few things which I think which is super, super important, right? One is keeping a very, very close ear to the signals of change, right? And um, change is happening around all of us today all the time, um, pretty much in every vertical, every segment, every field. Um, And the ability to be keeping that year to the, to the ground and adapting to that change, mm-hmm. right? Which is going to happen around you, which is inevitable. By the way, it's going to happen whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. So keeping that year to the signal is important. The second uh, element is how do you sort of innovate in the process or in the opportunities which come by as the change um, hits, hits you, right? And really innovate and think hard, right? In terms of, um, every facet, product, marketing, services, sales, support, every aspect of how you're touching the customer, how do you sort of uh, innovate and think about it? And then the third piece I would say is the world is far from being single person armies. You need to take your team along with you as you see a vision for the change around you and take your team and your people along with you in the, in the change that you see and how you're going to adapt to it. Okay. Interesting. 
So, you know, when you look back at your two decades of working and you are in, you know, very, very senior positions across multiple companies, what would you say is your leadership style? It, it may seem a little bit weird, uh, Ashutosh, but I'll tell you honestly how I believe in my heart. Okay? Mm-hmm. I like to lead from the back. Okay? Um, I'm not one of those leading from the front and um, showing the way kind of thing. Uh, my honest sweet spot is leading from the back, mm-hmm. listening very, very closely to the team. And I'll tell you where it's and how it's gravitated to that point of view, right? I think if you do, or at least the way I've seen my ability to do this and contribute to the team is if you're, if you're sitting in a position of, you know, nurturing the conversation and looking at the team perform and looking at the environment around you, etc., you can steer the ship the way you really want with silent confidence. I think that's the other element, right? Uh, lead from the back with silent confidence, and you can steer the ship really, really well. The other element, which is an integral part of me, is I start with a full position of trust with the team. And generally speaking, touch wood, this far, I'm yet to meet a team or a set of folks who have let me down on that front. Generally speaking, if you start with a position of trust, then you have the team working really, really hard for you and... um, Um, and uh, rallying around you. Now, when you're steering from the back, the other important piece, which I must caveat and say, is it's the leader's job to show what the framework looks like, right? And every organization, and though I have worked in in a startup, most of my experience is in larger companies. I think it's the leader's onus to think of the framework. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by the framework is you have a unique position when you're looking sort of maybe from the back, but at the environment around you, what are the things that really matter, both internally and externally? You know, and those matter from priorities, from a timing and uh, interlock with other functions, et cetera, et cetera, including external interlocks. And you use that time to be able to set that framework right. You then trust the team and let the team excel, right? So you've probably got a framework, you've probably got guardrails, and if you do that, then your team feels alive at work, right? And they can really contribute and really surprise you. Then you don't need to be in the front and driving the charge. Fantastic. So that's an amazing opportunity to segue into the next part of our program, which is on people, you know, from leading from the back to talking of people. And let's talk of career development and personal growth. Mm-hmm. Let's start with, you know, when you are hiring people, what do you look for in them? Interesting, right? Um, I, I will say what I try to look for, okay? And um, we've all, and Ashutosh, you probably know this far better than I do, but I think somewhere you have to realize that there's only so much you can interpret and engage during an interview process. So, so there's a little bit of that learning as well as what I try to look for, which I try to couple together. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I try to gauge is attitude, right? And somehow that attitude needs to gel with the culture and the environment that you have in your team and in your organization, mm-hmm. right? There is no right or wrong attitude. I don't intend to pass a judgment saying that, hey, this is good attitude, that's bad attitude, because each has a place in, I'm sure, everybody's life and journey, okay? But what is that attitude and does it sort of fit in with what we want to do and how it fits in? So that's one. 
The second piece which is important to me is references, right? Because whilst you're having the conversation with the candidate, you know, you cannot sort of over-rotate to trust your own judgment, right? And you only spend like an hour speaking to somebody or an hour and a half, maybe it's a couple of conversations, etc. But it's important for me to get a few references. Now, the references can be from people or from other pieces of work or both, right? Which contribute to that individual's reference, right? And the reason I do that because I really value and trust you know, the broader opinion about the candidate that I myself can do within that short period of time, right? The third thing that I, I would like to look at in the person is how does the person balance between multiple priorities and the ability to handle push and pull and so on and so forth, right? It probably touches a little bit around the attitude in terms of how the person will respond. But in our industry, in our environment, and in today's day and age, a gazillion priorities, right? And um, if, you're, if you've got the ability to be able to manage and balance across those, and I'm not saying you should multitask, mm -hmm. right? Multitask is a different conversation. But if you get hassled and uh, thrown off by ambiguity, if you get thrown off by things like, uh, you know, not being able to deal with multiple things which can hit and you can't internalize it and prioritize it yourself, then that's a problem for me because that's something I cannot teach you, right? And I cannot uh, really sort of get you up to speed on that one. Mostly, by and large, functional skills for me, you know, I think there's a general sense that, you know, people meet the bar, right? And if not, I'm sure some of it can be coached and trained and we all learn and coach during the process. But that's generally my people orientation in terms of looking at uh, skills. So, you know, you must have got lots of people who report to you and have had people and someone comes to you and says, hey, Shrihari, you know, I've, you've been telling me on the fast track and I'm doing this. And Where do you think I will be? in future, three years from now, five years from now, what kind of an answer would you give to them? You know, honestly, for me, and that's the way I've seen it myself, right? You know, the world around you is, I, I've actually never believed in the answers being outside. So if somebody were to ask me that question, hey, where do you think I will be? Honestly, my first question is, all the answers are within you. Okay. Honestly, right? And that's what I've believed in my heart, right? Two, two words matter a lot to me, Ashutosh, right? First is balance, okay? And I think the ability for a person to be able to balance both within their professional world, all the stuff happening, their personal world, and then their broader world, and their individual, etc., is super critical. So that's one. The second is reconciliation. And this reconciliation or reconciling in the mind is something which has come in a little bit more recently. I'd say in the past year, year and a half or thereabouts more in my dictionary, mm -hmm. right? Balance was very big in my dictionary for a long time. Mm -hmm. So going back to your particular question, the first thing I would say is, hey, you know what? I mean, you can bounce off ideas with me. Where do you, where, where do I think you will be? Sure, I'll let you know. Mm -hmm. But you know what? If I were you, I'd put that maybe 20%, 25%, right? Because one, you're doing great disservice to yourself by... Um, expecting another person to sort of uh, validate. Now, having said that, if the conversation is from a team member who we work very closely, then the spirit of the question is different, right? The spirit of the question is not around, you know, the lines of what I just said. It would be more around 
uh, career development, what are the gaps, how do you bridge it, because that's a very, very different lens. And uh, definitely, I want to be able to coach and help the person uh, bridge some of those gaps. Interesting. However, if the spirit of the question is, hey, you know, where do you think I will be five years from now? In a more generic sense, beyond the organization, you know what, then it goes back to that. I'd say, you know what, trust my view for about 20-25%, but you really own the answer to that question. What a great answer. Thank you. So let's move on and, you know, let's talk about culture. Mm -hmm. Large companies, the ones that you worked in, have evolved culture, which have become almost like practices. How do you define culture and how does a young company build culture? Um, so listen, for me, culture, end of the day, right? Not even, it doesn't have to do anything with an organization necessarily, because within a large organization, there are microcosms which exist, you know, different geographies of the same organization can, in some sense, you know, operate differently in some sense, you know, particularly from a cultural lens, if you look at it, so that there are different connotations to it, right? But in my mind, when I think about culture, uh, right, it is, it's pretty straightforward, right? In my mind, it is, it is defined by the leader, Whoever the leader is in the context of it, right? And it doesn't need to be organizationally the person who is having a particular title, right? It could also be a set of folks who are influencing the team or the broader environment a lot more. So it is defined by the leader, okay? And then it's repeated by the others around them, right? And, you know, over repetition, whatever comes out of it is the culture, right? Now, Ideally speaking, and it happens generally in well-run environments, you know, then it's percolated from top down very, very well, right? And so the leader imbibes that and uh, it percolates and, and leader in that context where the person having the title really imbibes that and the others look at it and, and do it, right? In a young organization, in my mind, it is, it's, it's a few more things which play up. Right. Also, right. Demonstrating actions. Right. You one thing is you have the, the, the code and the, the document and so on and so forth written. I think the ability to demonstrate the actions around the, the, the culture code is really important. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, that's also important for large organizations. Right. Um, I'd also say in smaller organizations as it's being built mm -hmm. is uh, by being open and speaking about it. Okay. Right. Um, if you've made a good choice, if you've made a conscious choice, as an example, right, back in my career, I remember, you know, people would spend a lot of time with one particular customer, mm -hmm. right, and we were a startup then, right, and they would spend a lot of time with that one customer, and I was thinking, you know what, we're a startup, we don't have the bandwidth, why are we, you know, just mm -hmm. standing upside down to service one particular customer, but then when I saw fast forward a few months later, that one customer made all the difference. Correct. It, they made all the difference, right? They were such a large reference. I, I obviously can't name the customer and, and so on. But, you know, they made so much of a difference. And this is a learning that I had when I look back at it, right? Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know, somebody made the choice, they demonstrated and they spoke about it because mm -hmm. they, were con they were explicit conversations that we had mm -hmm. Which said, hey, why don't, you know, and by the way, we were in a large trade conference at that time, right? And 
naturally speaking, you should be at the trade conference floor and speaking to other customers, but some of our folks were actually back in, you know, working out the issue with that one customer, but it spoke volumes, right? Um, and then subsequently people talked about it, right? Of course, it's not to say we neglected our actions on the floor, but in some sense, it, it talked. Now, the other thing it did was live example, mm-hmm. right? When the engineering head is spending time with a customer and doing everything possible to make sure the customer is successful mm-hmm. in a young organization, it sets an example, right? And that's the other thing which I learned that day, which I mean, obviously fast forward and learn later, but mm-hmm. that's the point. So time for three or four questions for you personally. Sure. sure. My first question to you, Shari, is that, uh, you know, you've seen a lot of successes. As you look forward, look ahead, what does success mean to you? Ashutosh, for me, success, end of the day, is um, just being at mental peace with myself. Okay. okay. That's, that's my definition of success. And I told you a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. the second big word in my dictionary today mm-hmm. is reconcile. Right? I need to be able to connect the dots mentally and in my head and in my heart, mm-hmm. I need to be at peace with myself. And if that happens, that to me is success. Fantastic. And to do that, what I really want to say a couple of other things is mm. in my heart, I need to know that I have done a fair job. Mm. I've been honest and um, done my very best to all the fronts that's expected from me. Okay. From work, from home, from extended family, et cetera, et cetera, right? And the people around me as well, right? And what I've discovered is that, you know, if you can do this right, then you meet success every single day. Okay. And if that's off balance, then that day you've been unsuccessful. Wonderful. So um, I'm going to have time for two more questions for you. Sure. My next question is that if you, Srihari, were a role model to millions of children who closely followed you and your life choices, what is the one thing you would change in yourself? So in my mind, one thing which in a few facets, which I suppose I need to do a better job, particularly, is around communication. Okay, it sounds a little bit weird for a marketer to say this, but that's marketing in my professional world. But when I think about it, communication has a few facets, which I really think, you know, it's important to, to dial up and stand up for, right? Because in the context of what you just asked, Ashutosh, if people around you are going to be making and taking a look at uh, your actions and so on and so forth, what you stand for and therefore make choices, then you owe it to yourself to be able to communicate that what's running in your head, right? Um, your learnings, your thoughts, and so on and so forth in a very clear manner to the others so that in some sense, they find it useful and they can learn from it and presumably make other mistakes, but at least not the ones, these, um, what's happened already in one life. Now, one thing when I say communicate, which is, uh, again, big on my radar is teaching, right? Because I think that's one way in which you can sort of look back, uh, not just on your personal, but also your professional experiences and share with the others so that they can benefit from it. So um, I think that's one piece that I would really look to dial up on, communicate. And then teaching is one facet of how you would communicate. Okay. And my last question to you, I mean, you know, Thousands of people are going to watch us speaking or listen to us speaking. 
and a lot of them would be young people aspiring to be in your role what would your advice be to a young individual starting out on their corporate journey um in my mind it would be you know be open right uh, be open don't think short term actively contribute and strive to make a difference okay, okay? um if you starting off your career you're probably going to spend what what 30 40 odd years mm-hmm. in your corporate world program called yeah. corporate world and uh, you will go through multiple journeys maybe multiple industries right and your ability to be able to be open and absorb that change is paramount mm-hmm. okay for your success the second thing i'd say is figure out i mean you've got and this is a quote which i love i think it was ayakoka's autobiography that i read that his father said told him yeah. right he said hey go get all the education you want but then for heaven's sake do something right and so i would say while you're being open go and start contributing right and when you roll up your sleeves no matter what you could be whatever great down the road you need to roll up your sleeves okay and contribute right and in so doing you will learn right and it will help you adapt and change for all the cha- for all the um, uh, you know journey ahead mm-hmm. so that's what i would say and apply your learning fantastic yeah fantastic fantastic cherry thank you so much it's been such a pleasure speaking to you i wish you lots and lots of success in everything that you do thank you so much ashutosh and likewise Good luck in all that you're doing. It's wonderful like I said we were chatting earlier. Wish you the very best and thank you once again for this wonderful opportunity. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to the Brand Called You video cast and podcast. A platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.